From South Carolina Public Radio, this is the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on January 23rd, 2023. Just so you know, some of the information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it. This episode features a look at some more House Freedom Caucus versus House GOP Caucus drama, what some of the big priorities are for the House Judiciary Committee, and what might not be. We also have a Murdoch watch and preview the trial of the century with the Post and Courier's Avery Wilkes. And we hear from South Carolina Attorney General Alan Wilson on a troubling human trafficking task force report, as well as how confident he is in his team that is trying Alec Murdoch for double murder. We continue with a look at campaign 2024 movements and hear from Representative Nancy Mace after a whirlwind of high-profile media appearances, and so much more. Of course, the lead also loves hearing from everyone, including you, our dear listener. Please give us a call. Give us your hot takes, your unpopular opinions, your questions you want answered. We want to hear from you. 803-563-7169. Leave us your name, where you're calling from, and what's going on in your world. We love your little insights, tidbits, and everything in between. 803-563-7169. Now for the latest in South Carolina. Currently, the spread of COVID-19 is high according to county-level data from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. And we'll have more data for you in Saturday's podcast. So last week, I brought you part of that House Republican Caucus press conference. There was more to it besides the political drama among the factions of the party, including Judiciary Committee Chairman Weston Newton of Beaufort, who outlined several legislative priorities that are moving through his committee, one of the most powerful and important committees, I might add. It includes cracking down on fentanyl and other priorities like bond reform. Take a listen here. The Judiciary Committee, we're going to move forward uh, with the expectation of considering that bill next Tuesday in full committee and getting it to the House floor as quickly as we can. One of the other uh, items that we're moving forward with with subcommittee hearings next week is uh, Bill 3532, House Bill, uh, with regard to bond reform. It's time that we stop the revolving door uh, in South Carolina. Catch and release um, is putting too many of our citizens at risk. Um, And the bond reform essentially includes enhanced penalties for those that commit crimes while they are out on bond, restricts the eligibility of those folks that are already out on bond to get bond a second time for crimes they've committed, or in the first instance if they've committed a crime within the last five years, um, and um, requires in certain instances that the full cash bond be paid rather than the Uh, de minimis percentage that the code allows uh, for certain crimes. We expect to have that bill um, in front of full judiciary on February the 7th. Now, you may have heard him say that bond reform measure would include enhanced penalties, which to me sounded similar to what the hate crimes bill did, right? It enhanced penalties for those who commit an aggravated crime based on someone's immutable characteristics, like race or sex. So I asked what the future of a hate crimes bill would be and if it would once again pass out of his committee and the House. Here's what Chairman Newton said, and then there's a follow-up from Mayan Schechter from the state, who's also a friend of the pod. The short answer is the House, as you know, passed a hate crimes bill last year, and I was a strong advocate for that based on Speaker Lucas's uh, committee. It stalled in the Senate. Um, That Senate opposition is still there. 
Um, I still think it's important that South Carolina send a message that we don't tolerate that kind of activity in South Carolina. We need to look and see uh, where the Senate is right now um, with that and also within our own caucus um, on the House. But um, I do believe that the, that the House ultimately supports um, sending a message. The nuances of what that looks like um, is uh, still to be worked out. So to be clear, the Senate's not controlling what the judiciary does? The Senate is not controlling what the, what the Judiciary Committee does. However, um, I, you know, my grandmother taught me a long time ago, don't go on a fool's errand, right? Um, and, you know, what, what the definition of insanity is repeating the same thing, hoping you're going to get a, a different outcome. So we have to be mindful of where the bumps in the road were, where the obstacles were uh, in the Senate, and see what we might need to do to, to work around. I'll follow up to that. Um, Obviously, there were back and forth about the abortion bill. The Senate said repeatedly, there's not enough votes here to stop uh, ban at conception. You talk about constitutional carry. The Senate has been unwilling to do that. So why continue pushing those issues if the Senate is still the same Senate that opposed? Well, I, I think you heard somebody mention a minute ago, uh, election year have a dynamic uh, <laughs> in the Senate that perhaps causes different outcomes. So all of that gets factored into to what we're continuing to do. And you may remember our little glimpse of the House Freedom Caucus versus House GOP Caucus drama in our last pod, the little floor fight. Well, keyboard warriors on both sides took to Twitter over the weekend to continue knocking each other. Hey, that's what Twitter's there for, folks. And I'm back, by the way. Now, the House GOP Caucus tweeted a thread touting all the important water and sewer infrastructure projects for big and small towns alike that the $586 million in Federal American Rescue Plan Act money would benefit in that bill, H-3604, that passed the House with 14 House Freedom Caucus members opposing. The bill also put $300 million in state reserves toward economic development infrastructure projects that would otherwise have to have been borrowed. House Freedom Caucus member Stuart Jones said in a tweet, quote, Funny how the House GOP caucus has never gone after Democrats like they're coming after the South Carolina House Freedom Caucus, quote. And fellow Freedom Caucuser Representative Josiah Magnuson also tweeted, who decided that bullying freshman legislators is a good look? This tweet represents the worst of the swamp in Columbia. If projects can indeed be threatened because of which legislators voted for which amendments, then the system is truly broken. Quote, Week three of Below Deck, <clears throat> I mean the South Carolina General Assembly, starts today. Now let's get to Murdoch Watch. A note that this podcast will not become a Murdoch podcast. That's why you come to me. You listen to me. You only listen to me. <laughs> um, <clears throat> excuse me. Now, that being said, if you want a Murdoch podcast, there are plenty of others bringing you the latest of the double murder trial in Walterboro for the foreseeable future. That's great. That's what they do. I'm here for the state house, state politics, state news. Now, that being said, since jury selection and the trial itself is getting underway, I did want to provide some context since this will be dominating the news cycle, especially in South Carolina. For, again, the foreseeable future. We're talking weeks here, folks. So I spoke with Avery Wilkes, the chief investigative reporter for the Post and Courier's Columbia Bureau. He's in Walterboro, and he'll be running point for the Post and Courier's team down there. Here's what Avery had to say when I asked him on This Week in South Carolina about the double murder case the state is making against former prominent Hampton County lawyer Alec Murdoch. So, Avery, when you're talking about, uh, you know, the quality of his character, and we talk about this alleged fraud and then some of this fraud and settlements that we've seen play out, you talk about apologies on Alex's part. Uh, how much of that is going to be admissible? How much are we going to hear? How much is that jury going to hear over the coming weeks in this trial? That's a great question, Gavin. It's one we don't yet have the answer to. It is going to be a major battle and already has been in pretrial motions uh, before before this case gets going. We're obviously going to have to start the trial with jury selection. but 
then the two sides are going to have to argue before Judge Clifton Newman about how big a role those financial crimes should play in this trial. The state says the financial crimes are critical to their case. Uh, they're crucial to providing the motive, to showing why uh, he would be so desperate uh, as to kill his wife and son. But the defense is trying to exclude as much, if not all of that, as possible. Uh, and, and they claim that you know the state's, the state's theory of the case is illogical and implausible, and that it doesn't make sense that someone would commit a murder in order to cover up from some financial crimes. And so a big part of their their effort is going to be trying to uh, trying to show that the state doesn't have a strong case and that uh, because they don't have a strong case tying Murdoch to the murders, they are instead going to just show that he's a really bad guy who deserves to go to prison, um, if not for the murders then for his other wrongdoing. So uh, that that was something that Murdoch attorney Jim Griffin, you know, got up and kind of started shouting in the courtroom during one of the most recent hearings. You know, he's just saying they're just trying to show he's a bad guy. He's a bad dude, judge, and he should go to prison. So that that's going to be, a, you know, a big part of, of their attempt to try to to try to get this this evidence excluded. And, you know, frankly, uh, since it is such a big part of the case, uh, the extent to which the financial crimes are allowed in as evidence is really going to dictate the course of this trial. So that's going to be something that, you know, once that that issue gets hashed out, um, you, you know, uh, it's going to it's going to change the way that we think about this trial and how we predict the trial is going to go. Thanks to friend of the pod there, Avery Wilkes. Now, let's keep with this moment a little bit more, because last week I also spoke with Attorney General Alan Wilson on This Week in South Carolina about the Human Trafficking Task Force's 2022 annual report and its disturbing findings. And I also managed to ask him about his confidence in his team's case against Alec Murdoch in the double murder trial where he's accused of killing his wife and son. But first, take a listen to Attorney General Wilson talk about human trafficking in the state. We're getting better at seeing it. And because we're getting better at seeing it and identifying it and going after it, you're seeing more of it. So oftentimes when we release our annual report, you'll see that the top five counties or the f- top five areas that we're seeing it or, the t- you know, we're seeing more of it. And so when you say we're seeing it, uh, people are like, oh, my goodness, there's more of it happening. But I always tell folks that just means there's more recognition of it. It doesn't mean that just because a county isn't identified as a top county uh, of human trafficking activity doesn't mean that a- that activity is not occurring in the county. It just means that there aren't people recognizing it and reporting it through to the hotline or to local law enforcement. So we're getting better at recognizing it, which means we're seeing a lot more of it which means we're seeing uh, the statistics of human trafficking going up. More people are reporting it, more victims are being identified, more charges are being brought, more cases are being disposed of. But that doesn't mean necessarily that there's more human trafficking occurring today than 10 years ago. It just means that 10 years ago, it was occurring and no one was seeing it or doing anything about it. Attorney General Wilson, uh, we saw in this past report, the 2022 annual report, that there was a 458% increase in labor trafficking victims with a 44% increase in victims who identified as Latinx. Pretty shocking there. What, what can you guys point to? Maybe want uh, some, some motives behind those numbers increasing so drastically. Well, when you look at the sharp increase in labor trafficking, I think a lot of that could be that when people think of human trafficking, they think of sex trafficking, right? You know, they think of someone being the snatch and grab or the coercion, forcing someone into prostitution, but people don't realize that there's a labor trafficking area in our state. Um, and 
people who are the easiest to prey on uh, for labor trafficking purposes are people where there's a language barrier, or maybe they're here illegally. Um, you know, Latinos, people from south of the border and other countries below there, they're coming to our state. They don't speak good English or any English at all. Uh, they, they don't have the ability to communicate. They're also afraid to report to law enforcement authorities because they're afraid that they will be, you know, taken away and, and, and returned back to the, their country of origin. And so there probably wasn't a lot of uh, as many reports on it because people didn't recognize it as a crime, but also because the victims of the crime themselves were uh, like in the sex trafficking arena. People who were prostituting wouldn't go report that they were a trafficking victim because usually they're engaged in illicit crimes themselves. So that that is why they're easy to exploit. So that's why I believe you're seeing an uptick in labor trafficking because we're seeing we're educating people about it. We're seeing the effects of it more frequently, and then we're able to identify it as such. So that does make it difficult then when people want to speak out against this. I mean, because uh, if, if you are an illegal immigrant, could you face deportation if, if you do come out and say, I've been you know, working for, for nothing or uh, for low wages? I mean, how does that work for folks who, who want to speak out? So in, in our human trafficking statutes, we have a provision where you can, it's called a T visa. Um, and I tell people we have to distinguish, there are two issues at play here. There's immigration issues. You know, I'm, I'm in favor of very robust, enforced immigration policy that is, you know, uh, you close the border and only people who come in, they come in the legal way, in a documented way, um, and then we, we plug those holes. And then there's the issue of human trafficking. I tell people all the time that when I discuss human trafficking, if someone is a victim of it, whether in the labor trafficking arena or the sex trafficking arena, our law through a T visa allows you if you are d demonstrated to be a victim of human trafficking, you can stay in this country, you can come forward and be placed on a T visa. And the purpose of that is, is that what's more important to us is eliminating the trafficker than removing the victim from our country. And so we try to take the fear of reporting this, this evil, this insidious crime. We want to take the fear of victims from reporting it away from them. And so for those people who are here un illegally or in an undocumented fashion, they need to know that if they are a truly a victim of human trafficking and they are identified as a victim, then there is a legal way for them to remain here while we prosecute this case, and then we can onboard them through legal ways. And that is a that is a partnership with the federal government. And Attorney General Wilson, I'd be negligent if I didn't ask you about the state's case about Al against Alec Murdoch, which starts on Monday. Just tell me really quickly how confident you are that you guys will get a conviction against Alec Murdoch in that double murder case. All I'm going to say about the case is that I am very proud of the team that we have put together on this case. It's getting a lot of notoriety. I've been heavily involved with members of our team and our staff as we prepare for this very high-profile case. I'm not going to make any comments about the substance of the case or any predictions about how you know how we feel it'll turn out. But we feel very comfortable with our theory, and we're uh, we believe that the evidence will speak for itself when it's presented in a court of law. You can catch both of those interviews on YouTube.com/slash South Carolina ETV. Twisk airs Fridays at 7.30 p.m. and Sundays at 1.30 p.m. on SCETV channels statewide. And speaking of SCETV channels, tune in Wednesday, January 25th at 7 p.m. for coverage of Governor Henry McMaster's annual State of the State Address to a joint assembly of lawmakers at the Statehouse. SCETV and South Carolina Public Radio will be bringing you live coverage of the address as well as the Democratic message and reaction from lawmakers.
Let's start off our next section with a Campaign Watch 2024 update. That's right, friend of the pod, Meg Kennard has this report for the AP on some 2024 internal movements. She writes that the executive director of former United Nations Ambassador Nikki Haley's Issues Advocacy Group is leaving to help run similar efforts for former Vice President Mike Pence. A defection that comes as both former Trump administration officials consider 2024 Republican presidential bids. Tim Chapman is taking over as senior advisor at Pence's Advancing American Freedom, according to a statement provided to the Associated Press on Friday. Pence said in a statement, quote, Tim Chapman is one of the brightest stars in the conservative movement, and we are so thrilled he's joining the team to advance the cause of American culture, American opportunity, and American leadership, quote. In a statement to the AP, Betsy Ankney, executive director for Stand for America PAC, called Chapman, quote, terrific, and said Haley's orbit was, quote, happy he found a great spot to continue to advocate for conservative policy ideas, quote. Now, this all comes as former Trump Secretary of State Mike Pompeo claims in his upcoming autobiography that Haley was behind the jockeying to potentially replace Pence. Haley called the claims, quote, lies and gossip, quote, when speaking with Fox News's Brett Baer last week. Remember, Haley stepped down as U.S. ambassador to the U.N. at the end of 2019. Moving on and still talking about 2024, The Washington Post, Josh Dawsey and Michael Shearer had a Sunday piece with the headline, Trump team struggles to consolidate support ahead of South Carolina event. The story focuses on a complicated 2024 field with two of South Carolina's own, Haley and Senator Tim Scott, mulling presidential bids. That, of course, complicates staffing matters as well, which we just heard about. But we'll see what Trump's rollout looks like on Saturday at the Statehouse, which will be streaming live on youtube.com slash South Carolina ETV. And 1st Congressional District Republican Representative Nancy Mace wrapped up a week-long media tour with some high-profile appearances, including a Washington Post Live segment, Real Time with Bill Maher on Friday night, and Sunday she was on Meet the Press with Chuck Todd. This is two weeks after doing Face the Nation with Margaret Brennan. Now, just so you know, House members were off last week, so she had time to make all these appearances. And I'm sure there were other appearances that I'm missing, but here's what Mace told Chuck Todd about how Republicans' stance on abortion hurt them during the 2022 midterms. Well, it's the reason we didn't get more of a majority. We should have had a dozen or two dozen seat majority this legislative session, but we don't because this is one of the issues that was top of mind for swing voters. And when you're looking ahead to 24, whether it's keeping the majority or trying to win the White House, going to the extremes and digging in there isn't going to work for most people. And so it's when I look at every issue, not just on Roe v. Wade, but every issue, we're so divided. It's refreshing to hear Senator Joe Manchin, who I I sometimes joke he's the most popular Republican in the Senate right now, but to hear him talk about these issues in a very refreshing, balanced way Mm -hmm. is the way both sides of the aisle need to approach every issue, Mm -hmm. including abortion. I'm here waving my hand, being a very vocal person on this and saying, I'm pro-life, but I'm willing to sit down and talk about how do we balance the, the rights of women and the right to life. At some point, that infant has the right to life. And women's rights are equally important. So let's have that conversation. Let's have it in the open. Let's find a way to move together because having a divided Congress means we're supposed to be working together. But both sides are afraid of their primaries. That's not the way we should be operating. But that's the way the majority of people in Congress, they, they, they vote and legislate out of fear. Mace is working toward getting that Senator Lindsey Graham Media Star Award. Now, of course, that is not a real award. I just made it up and it needs a better name. We'll be workshopping this soon. 
But as we know, in her first term, she hit the ground running, making a name for herself and distinguishing herself from others in her freshman class thanks to the onslaught of media interviews following the January 6th attack, and she has maintained that visibility now into her second term. And on the way out, USA Today reports that on Tuesday, a Fulton County, Georgia judge is set to consider whether the findings of a special grand jury's months-long investigation, including any recommendations related to the possible prosecution of the former president and his allies, should be made public. Remember, President Donald Trump called Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger to find enough votes to reverse his loss. Senator Lindsey Graham was subpoenaed and deposed late last year for his interactions with Raffensperger as well. Analysts have characterized the inquiry as perhaps the most serious legal threat facing the former president. Fulton County Superior Court Judge Robert McBurney, who disclosed last week that the jury had completed its work and forwarded its report, also indicated that the panel had voted to recommend that its report be published. The hearing will determine whether there are any objections or other considerations to weigh before taking action. Welcome to the wind-down section, our little break from the news, and we're glad you're here. That's right, this is our time to talk about things that aren't news-related, but sometimes we make our way back. This is where we wrap, right? Yes. This is where we talk about the news, Uh, but not the news. Also, it was brought to our attention that... um, People don't know who you are. We never introduce me. Yeah. (laughs) Um, That's funny. (laughs) Folks, you're listening to the smooth voice of A.T. Shire, the producer of this podcast, and that makes it possible. Oh, I put the whole dang thing together. We used to have credits before the COVID episodes took over, and we got rid of them. We just lost our way. We just need to bring them back. But A.T. makes this thing come together. Uh, And it's taking, I got to say, anyone that listens to this part, uh, I got to say. It's taking your boy a lot of self-control to not go birds this whole thing. Yeah. Because I had a big old football weekend. Eagles win on Saturday night over the Giants. And then the Cowboys lose like dogs. Like, come on. You were so concerned about that Eagles game going into it. And I was like, I'm just going to give him a space. I'm I was checking on the score. I'm going to send I, him encouragement. I had to be alone for about 90 minutes beforehand just just to emotionally have the— Get centered. Yeah. Because I was I was so high up. I was so just juiced to the gills. Yeah, dude. I think it was also um, preoccupying your brain so much that you forgot that we were supposed to go to Davos last week. Yeah, we sadly we are <laughs> we are reporting from studio here. Yeah, we aren't in Davos. We did not go to the World Economic Forum, even though we were invited. Well, we were we were keynote speakers. <laughs> yeah, we we are, we forgot. We are really big there. Anyway, I mean, we are not going back. Yeah, no, we're not going. It's <laughs> it's a kind of a pain to get to. It's anyway. embarrassing for them that they were so thirsty for us to come. Anyway. Yeah, anyway, Gavin, we got a great call. This one? Oh, good, because I'm dying of thirst. This one's short, and what we're talking about here may make you thirsty in all the wrong ways, okay? <laughs> so here we go. You ready? Yeah. Okay. Hi, my name is Sarah, and I'm calling from Lake Wiley, South Carolina. And uh, somebody had mentioned that there was, they had, like, pizza combos and that they smelled like cheesy dog treats. Well, I'm here to tell you that uh, my dog refuses combos. They're that bad. So uh, good luck in uh, ever eating one again. Um, and, yeah, great show. Thanks. Sarah from Lake Wiley. hey Yes, thank you for calling and weighing <laughs> in on this critical debate. That's important to know because uh, we're going to be talking about combos. We were talking about combos last time, A.T. Yes. having his first. 
And Sarah's saying right there that her dog does not even consume I th- I the product. I think that is a smart dog. And I mean, I've seen dogs eat garbage, you know? And if they're not eating combos, like, what, what, what does that say about the combos? Can I just use, can we just use a definition here, start with the Wikipedia definition? The of definition of food? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> combos, officially called combos stuffed snacks, are cylindrical tubes Ugh. of cracker. Ugh. I know what cylindrical is going to send you. Of cracker, pretzel, or tortilla. <laughs> I'm going to say tortilla. That's how they, I'm sure. Available, yeah. I mean, I think that's how it's meant to be said for a combo. Yeah. Available with various fillings. Yes, and so thank you for the call, Sarah. Yes, and I, I love your dog. Amazing. Um, I'm sure it's named after me or well, Gavin. Well, it has high taste. Yeah, it's there. named after me or Gavin. I'm sure of that. And, um... So I was saying, if there is there a, a peanut butter combo? No, I was asking if there's a peanut butter combo. But I think um, I don't if I don't I don't see one on this list. There isn't, here. and so we have the list of official. Oh, uh, there is a here. peanut butter pretzel. It's discontinued, of course. Discontinued, yeah. Because the ones, there's so much competition. For the this. ones that are still there are all violations of the natural order of the world. <laughs> there is buffalo blue cheese. Mm, oh my god! Spicy honey mustard, cheddar bacon. Regular cheddar. Cheddar bacon is exclusively only to Walgreens. Oh! <laughs> Walgreens is like, we want this one. They also have a sweet sweet barbecue baked cracker. Oh, they the, pe- the baked cracker ones are, are creepy looking because they don't look like a pretzel, obviously. They're flesh they colored. T- they're flesh colored. It uh. looks like you need some sort of snail or slug. And then, of course, the pizza. I, th- I truly think that the exclusive cheddar bacon is the most abhorrent sounding one. I can't imagine. I bet there's no cheese or bacon in it. I bet mm. they're vegan, you know? I bet they're vegan. I, I, I'm I'm not against if someone gave me a bag of combos, I'd eat it. Ugh. Okay. I'm just gonna go and say I right think there. I think now I would probably draw the line up uh buffalo blue cheese or the seven layer dip tortilla. I don't like regular blue cheese. Oh come on. I don't man. like regular don't blue cheese. Do that now. I don't People are just trying to listen and enjoy the wine down there. People that like blue there. cheese. People that like blue cheese probably like stinky feet. Well, people that like blue cheese are a sophisticated, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's all I got. So if that means I'm a stinky feet guy. Which uh, I told you I have stinky feet. We smelled each other's shoes the other day. We did way. smell each other's shoes. It was, a, it was a bonding. Moment. I want to get. I want to get this on the record here that I do not have stinky feet. I no mean, one said you did. No, and so you I said, know I do. You said you have stinky feet. I do, and the the shoe wasn't stinky. This I'm not. This is what scared. comes with wearing. Well, I could have brought you some other ones. This is what comes with wearing shoes without socks, and that's my cross. Yes. That I bear every day. <laughs> you got a big following uh, Thank you. about those ankles. I know. I was talking to Andrew Yang tonight. I had, he didn't have his tie on. He doesn't wear ties. I'm like, look, I don't wear socks. And he didn't really we find are that same. as funny. We are saying. We're talking about accessories here, and he just didn't get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, He's like, well, how does this relate to robots taking over? <laughs> I know. I'm, so I know we're in a simulation, folks. <laughs> just gotta put it out there. Anyway, real quick, Gavin, you had real a talk. question on Twitter that said, what, oh, yeah. Speaking of snacks, what snack can I you saw, do you um, not allow in the house because you'll eat? You'll it all. eat too much of it. I, yeah, yeah, since I'm Mine back on Twitter obviously now, would never things. be combos. But what would it be, Gavin? I, 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 literally, someone had specific ones like this. One person said Nilla wafers and jelly beans. I could literally say any kind of cookie, cookie. or sh- <laughs> like a sugar cookie. product. You said um, pretzels. Yeah. I, I've been, able to, I've been able to keep my pretzels in my house. It's been you can I've been control yourself. them more. Yeah, I which is really big of me. If I get Utz sourdough pretzels, Oof. the big hard sourdoughs yeah. that crack your teeth open, yes. I'm gonna eat that now, whole that bag. Is a good road trip. We're talking about combos road trips. I like a big bag of pretzels for the road trip because that's bag gonna of pretzels, last me to Maryland. Big big bag of Utz. You get it at Wawa, and I'll eat that whole thing. I'll eat the whole thing. 
I don't care. No shame but in see, my game. So this is going back to my eating habits and why I don't buy things. I don't buy chips. I don't buy chips. I, I'm not saying you do. I don't buy you them. You have tortilla chips in your house, though. Caitlin you know. buys them when she wants uh, nachos. This is why it. I'm also single, because I can't. <laughs> what? I can't I can't have anyone bringing their food in my house. I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah, you will eat it all. I do know that. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's why I purposely don't buy things that I'm going to eat, because I know I'll just, I can so eat a bag. Ju- I can bring, eat all the chips. If you brought a bag of, like, Utz chips in my house, any seen, flavor, just, I I'll have just go. seen Gavin eat a three-pound bag of Swedish fish Ooh. straight down. <laughs> yeah. Like, one sitting, just house it. And it was, I mean, was I was impressed. throughout the work day. It was one day. And you, I was like, maybe I'll just do a little bit more. You, just, you can't stop when you know there's so many there. I love that. So, anyone, call in. Let us know what you, I mean, if you're just Help objective me. about yourself, what can't you control yourself Spill around? some truth. You know? Because yeah. you're not telling us about right. your resolutions that you're no longer following. My thing would just be like, a pizza, like truly oh, sure. a pizza. Like I'm gonna eat the whole. Oh yeah, I'm gonna eat as much pizza as my distended belly will hold. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's in the fridge. If it kept appearing, exactly, I would only eat that. I pizza. would just keep eating it. Please, and I say take that this out of my as home. A, as a Donuts. as a lactose intolerant man, I'm just gonna eat that pizza and ruin everyone's night. Anyway, Gavin, <laughs> say goodbye. Go birds, go hey, birds! Reach guys. for the stars, guys. We're gonna do it. Eagles are gonna do it. In the Super Bowl now? Not yet. Okay. NFC Championship game. I know everyone was probably thinking about me. Thank you so much. Have a good week. <laughs> Keep thinking about me. Keep thinking about me. Name your dog after me. Good. <laughs> See you guys. Oh yes. Do whatever you need to do so AT can watch his Eagles soar. And that would include leaving a voicemail like Sarah did, 803-563-7169. Or you can also show us your appreciation by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can stay up to date with the latest news on SCETV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. We never say who. Well, and a lot of times people don't really, I mean, I think they think he is like my chum. And it's like this man makes we're his not podcast friends. work. No, 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 and we're, no, we're not, not friends. friends. <laughs> He's a colleague. <laughs> he, they think we're friends. We're not friends. You do not talk outside of this. <laughs> no, no. no. It's, <laughs> it's completely work related. <laughs> <laughs>